If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Tolerators, this is to all the men I've tolerated before with your hot mess express, Natalie Katona. And Dina Alkatib. With no qualifier because she has it together today. I don't. <laughs> oh my gosh, I really don't though. If you're new to our podcast, uh, we, Dina and I spend every Sunday morning exploring some of the impactful relationships we've had with the men in our lives. We then do a nice job explaining to you some stories and some lessons they chose to leave us with. And then we, because we're big mature people, decide that we manifest some positivity we hope for their future. Today is a Dina topic. We'll be talking about the men who let their mothers have a lot of control over their lives. That's right. And I think, I you know, I did a little like research like official research into like and by official I mean I googled it you know into what a mama's boy really is um yeah and let me tell you the online descriptions definitions were not as nice like I read them and I was like ooh like that's mean and I'm not trying to be that mean about it um right but so I just kind of I'm going to say what I think my definition of it is. And I I think a mama's boy is someone whose mother has a little more control over their life than they should. So, and I think that'll become clear as I'm talking about my mama's boy, but does that relate to to your uh, experiences too, Natalie? So I didn't really have like... And it could just be because I can't be bothered to give a shit with anyone about anyone's parental dynamics, but my own. (laughs) But I don't, I have had very few relationships where the mama's boy trope was like present in our everyday. It was more just like a red flag that I would clock Mm. like, oh, Oh, I see that. Okay. (laughs) I see that and I've noticed it and I'm going to wait to see how this plays out on whether or not we'll be discussing it later. But yeah, I do agree with your definition where it's honestly like you watch a man in your life make a choice based off of their mother's needs or wants, desires, whining, and you're like, oh, you're going to let that der- derail your whole day. Yeah. Yeah. Derail your whole day. Yeah. And I think it's like, it takes two parties, right? Because it's not the, it's not completely the mother's fault. So no. the mom is, of course, you know, 
interfering a bit too much into their son, their adult son's right. life. But the son is also not putting their foot down or standing right. up for themselves and things like that. So it's it takes two parties to create that. It's not just the moms being yeah. overbearing and that's it. Like, so yes. Do you feel like because as we know, you and I started a podcast about men because we have daddy issues. We sure do. Daddy issues. We sure do. Daddy issues. Why I listen to all the pop stars I listen to, <laughs> and and so do you feel like mommy issues get as much of a highlight as daddy issues? I think they no. Well, I think in society no, but uh, no. obviously mommy issues are just as a problem as daddy issues. Um, but maybe it's because men don't get their problems you know like that as focus on you know mm-hmm. men are just like i have to deal with all my problems or i don't have any problems and i'm macho and all this stuff that mommy issues don't don't get talked about as much so all right yeah it was just something that i was thinking about today where it's like i very rarely hear my other heterosexual girlfriends or really even my homosexual like identifying as male friends who date men say like well I couldn't date him because he had mommy issues Mm -hmm. but like I'm always hearing bro life being all like well she's got a lot like did you hear her daddy issues come out right then and there like I just feel like we're always so quick to like throw women under the bus because their fathers did like such hardcore damage to them and then like with mommy issues it's always like well he loves his mom his mom's his best friend and that's normal that's a normal thing to have yeah i don't know weird man yeah i think there's a little bit of weirdness with the relationship between a i mean i think there's weirdness between a relationship between a father and a a daughter but like Mm -hmm. it's a little extra weird with the mom and the son like it's almost like romanticized sometimes and i'm like that's freaking weird it's like are you guys going to make out yeah like i feel like with a dad daughter situation it's like protective you know like it's like an overly protective which has its own issues you know what i'm saying but Mm -hmm. with the mom and son it's like he's you're taking my baby away and that's like right it gets a little weird for me like that sounds strange so like we have in our family a wedding tape of my grandmother looking dead eye into a camera and saying you'll never love him as much as i loved him like about one of my uncles and i feel like that just like (laughs) it's like you need to calm down dude grandma Grandma, they're having sex. Like, what? That's weird. What does that mean? And, like, this is the grandma who fully haunts me. So I accept that she will come and visit tonight and be like, stop talking shit. I'll be like, you're right. (laughs) She's also the grandma who hurt me the least. So I shouldn't be throwing shade. But just because she chose to hurt me the least didn't mean she didn't hurt other people. (laughs) Maybe, like, you know, protective spell or something tonight. Right. Just, like, own it. Just be like, I'm sorry, Grandma. (laughs) Sorry, Grandma. (laughs) It it was good content. (laughs) I did it for the gram. Did it for the gram. So whenever I would be, like dating or in like a really in-depth friendship with a guy and I would clock his biggest mama issue it always came down to money Mm. I'm in this like pattern where I'm constantly like meeting men I mean not constantly it's really only two very like meaningful relationships that I had with two guys where they were like financially always in a position of supporting their mom due to bad decisions she was making interesting i've never run into that so really yeah i've never had a a guy who's like it's always the parents are providing support to the son huh so that's interesting so how did that 
play out then? Sure. So when I was in high school, like I'll be honest with our listeners, I have lived a very privileged lifestyle when it comes to money. And I have always told the men in my life who fall into this category of men who financially support their families that like, you know, my parents, they could have done better on the mental and the emotional front, but at least I know right now today, they don't touch my money because I have such this, um, like a toxic, like safety definition of money. Like whenever anything weird happens with my money, I'm like, I'm dead or I have to sell my house or like Penelope and I can't eat or God forbid, I'm going to have to move back in with my father. Like I never want to find myself in a position where I can't support myself anymore. And so to watch these men have their mothers like literally just like piss their money away or any of this. And then they're in a position of being in their adult life where they're like, here's the electric bill, mom. Mm. Or like, here's 70 bucks for groceries. And I've had like, I've had to watch guys scramble Mm. for that money because the first guy I ran into this particular issue with I was in high school Mm -hmm. so he was also in high school working the same like part-time job I was working or just out of high school trying to start his professional or college life so you would just like watch them scramble and try to be like okay what do I have and like honestly one of these guys was in a military position And he thought he was going to be deployed. And he asked his girlfriend, who I was, like, friends with, and that's how I met him, to, like, hey, if I have to go overseas, will you marry me? So I know that the, like, deployment money will be there at the end of the day. Like, you and I can start our own, like, marriage checking account. And, of course, like, we're, we're like 18. So she's like, marriage means something to me. And when I get married, it's forever. And I want you to say that you love me forever. And my Capricorn logical brain went, no, he, he literally just needs a safety net. So like I interrupted her emotional meltdown and I went, I'll do it. (laughs) And he looked at me and he goes, really? I was like, fuck yeah, because no one should have to fuck with your money. So if you need a safety wife and I had I had an uncle come back from overseas and all of his money was gone and his family had like moved on without him that's so, so scary. like I had yeah so I had like a first-hand account of like mm. what that does to a person yeah. so I was like oh I'll be damned <laughs> if it happens to you yeah And I kind of, like, yelled at my girlfriend. I'm like, you don't understand what he's asking of you. He's not asking you to bear his children and, like, build a life together. He's literally just trying to save his own ass. Right. So when he comes home, he doesn't have to restart everything. After literally being in um, the military, like, uh, protecting us. Like, that's scary. Mm -hmm. So, like, I... And, of course, like... We haven't had my divorce episode, so it didn't happen. Okay. He never had to go, like, overseas or whatever. And um, so it never happened. I never had to be, like, a wartime bride. (laughs) But the fact that, like, I felt so compelled to me, like, no, like, you're... Because, again, money to me is all wrapped up in security. So for me, I was like, yeah, I can give you that peace of mind to just be like, no, you shouldn't come home broke. then like my first boyfriend his mom had passed away when he was a kid and like he treated his stepmom like literally the mean lady in cinderella like everything she said was stupid everything that she did for herself made her selfish if she was out with her girlfriends she wasn't taking care of his dad we were grown-up people i was in college and he was out of college so his dad was like hella not in a like it wasn't like he 
needed to be supported or taken care of. But, like, anytime this woman would, like, go out with girlfriends or, like, have a couple of drinks or anything, like, she was the most selfish person in the world. My boyfriend at the time believed that she should be at home after work making sure that his dad was fed and entertained and probably bathed and all of it. Wow. I know. And then, like, I'm looking at him and I'm like, so should we get married you're expecting me to plan my entire day around your schedule so therefore because you can't microwave a hot dog if i'm out or order a pizza Uh, that's yeah and Honestly, like, looking back on that relationship, that is very much how he tried to run our relationship. Because I was still at school, and he was, like, working with my mom back at home. So if he would, like, he called me at the same time every night, and if I was out doing college things, he'd be mad. He'd be enraged. Like, I, you know, you don't understand how hard my life is. I work... I work all day and then I make myself dinner and you just get to go to a cafeteria and then you can't even be available every night at nine to talk to me. Like Mm -hmm. it was like that toxic shit. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, I'm sorry that you're living like a normal adult lifestyle. Like everyone has to like go and fend something for dinner for themselves. Like, everyone has something to do from 9 to 5. Like, I'm in class, you're at work, do something with your life. I don't know, be happier. And then, as we know, with my shame relationship, that guy called his mom every day, but they had nothing to talk about because he didn't remember anything about his childhood. So it wasn't like that they were shooting the shit or had some, like, deep emotional connection. I think his mom like, wasn't getting, like, any emotional interaction from her marriage at home. So he, like, filled that void for her. See, that's weird to me. Like, that's not a child's role. But people will make it your role. If, like, I've seen that so many times. Like, even when my own parents will be going through it, and now all of a sudden, like, they really want to lean on me. And just be like, you know, this is what's happening, and this is how I'm feeling, and this is what I need you to make my, to do to make my life better, or could you please act this way, and yeah. Which, like, I think, like, as you're, when you're an adult, you know, now, that's a little different, but from what I've experienced, it's not just like, okay, you're 18 now, and we can be sort of we can talk about right. emotions and we can lean on each other. It's, I find that the kid is, if they have a relationship with their, fa- their parents like that, it's probably, they've probably been made to feel that way since, or been supporting their parents emotionally since they were like kids. And yes. that's not, that's a lot to put on your kid. And then it, mm-hmm. then it goes into, um, adulthood where they're trying to take care of their parents all the time, you know, because that's what they did yeah. when they were younger. And now it's so. And what I found, especially with that last relationship and like the men that I find like who are still so emotionally attached to like whatever it is that their mother wants out of their life. It's like they don't know themselves. So like this last relationship, he was like, I really need to find a church. I really need to find my community through church. Like I really miss going to church. And then I would go, okay, cool, what are you looking for in a church and what does that provide for you? Well, you know, it's just we always, and um, they don't know. It's like they're just doing it because of their family, like, says, hey, maybe you should find a church. And they're like, oh, I need a church. But they don't, they don't actually, they may, they may want a church, but they don't know what they want for themselves, you know, from that church, so... To the point where, like, this last guy, like, he would call his mom to, like, okay the dinner that he was making me on our weekly dates. What? That's weird. Yeah. See, that's weird. But also wouldn't tell his... I'm sure he would never tell his mom any of the real details about what it was like to date me. Because, she as we know... Yeah. 
And as we know, he ended our relationship because I am not the type of woman you bring home to mom. You're not a nice church girl, Natalie. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just. You're a little too loud. A little too a little loud. Too loud. <laughs> I like sex a little too much. Clearly, you're just a horror. Yeah. And honestly, like, this is what I find with these guys that have, like, mama issues like that, where it's like, my first boyfriend, he wanted me to be the person that his stepmom wasn't. So, like, be June Cleaver and make, like, my dad's house clean and um, cook me dinner whenever I want dinner and be available for me whenever I decide that I need you available for me, but also leave me the fuck alone if I want to go out with the boys. Mm -hmm. And then my shame relationship, it's like, well, what will my mom think of her? And, you know, am I going to be disappointed? And my mom can't handle being disappointed. And then with the other guys, it's just like, my mom relies on me and it's on me to make sure that they're safe and healthy and they're not responsible for any of their choices. And it's just... So odd to watch. It's and it's hard for me to relate because I don't have that kind of relationship with my mom, and so I mm-hmm. can't, or with any of my family. Like I'm not very close with most of my family, so it's like, of course I care about you know my mom being okay, but like she's never put her put that much pressure and reliance on yeah. me like holding her up or anything so i get a lot of the be my emotional stability yeah from one of my parents but i like shut it down i just like block it down and like literally on my last family zoom it wasn't even me it was my sister that that parent was going after and it was like well i can't believe that you wouldn't prioritize time with us and talking to us over like literally something that's part of my sister's job and i was like you can't fucking expect us to just be at your beck and call every thursday like life is moving on we have shit to do i have shit to do in the evenings right and my shit is important and if you wanted to know anything about why that shit was important you would ask (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so but i am very good about like just going dead inside to it now I am calling it up. As we know, I had a meltdown on Christmas Eve. <laughs> right. As we know, I had a screaming meltdown in the parking lot. Not the parking lot, in the driveway during Christmas Eve where I screamed about how I was ignored, unseen, and unheard. And too much of the emotional weight of the family was always put on my shoulder while I was visiting. And I'm just screaming and crying in my pajamas. You know, it'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like that sometimes. Like, I'm not... I'm not afraid to throw down, but yeah. And so I don't know what to boil it all down to because like, I also think that the way that I experienced mommy issues isn't like the way media like portrays mommy issues where it's just like, you know, your mom's still bathing you and you're 22 years old (laughs) or (laughs) doing your laundry or, like, still making you her little baby infant boy. But okay, what does but it look like? sort of relates to mine. Yeah, I was going to say, is it that yours, though? <laughs> yeah, that's sort of, like, mine It feels more like the stereotypical. Um, so I'm calling this guy Adam. And uh, Adam was a, ve- it was a very typical nice guy. Um, but he was also a mama's boy. And like I said earlier, I think it takes two parties. It's like not just the mom being overbearing, but the the kid also, the son also, the son also, you know, basically not having a backbone and standing up to their mother. Mm-hmm. So um, Adam came from a very like nice conservative family. And I feel like when I came into the picture, they didn't expect me. They didn't expect an independent, Palestinian, chaotic, loud, you know, kind of like everything comes out of my mouth, full speed right. kind of person. And, and honestly, they told 
they told Adam and me that they thought we wouldn't be together for more than six months, even though it ended, this particular relationship ended up lasting around a little more than four years. But I noticed that he let his mother and his parents in general, it wasn't all on his mother, but um, dictate his life. And so uh, when I kind of came into the picture, it always felt like it was me taking this baby boy because he was the youngest sibling from uh, his mother's clutches. You know what I mean? Even though, the, mind you, this is a full grown man. Like, full grown. <clears throat> so they they would put they would kind of control his life a little bit. Um, they would tell him like what he he should go to college for. They they had opinions on every decision that he like wanted to make in his life, and he um, for the most part went with whatever they thought he should do. Um, and I think there there's a few reasons for that. One is because he was living with his family, right? He had never been on his own. And so he was, live, quote, living under their roof. And so there was, there's still this expectation from them that, well, if you're living under my roof, you gotta do everything I tell you. And, uh, which in reality, you know, that's not realistic. If you have an adult no. living, there is a level of respect, right? If you're living under somebody's roof, but you're also still an adult. Like you still have your own opinions and want, or you should, right? Have your own wants and needs and all this thing. So, but he just kind of never stood up for himself. Mm-hmm. And so with the mother in particular, uh, this was also, ironically, a, mil- a military family. And so the father was often out, you know, overseas doing the military thing, not at home. And so the mother got into this habit of relying on her her baby son to be this surrogate husband, which is weird, yes. right, to say. That's weird. It's so weird. It's How so does weird. this happen? It's right. And so when you imagine this kid, because this was a kid when he was a kid, he is yeah. now being forced to kind of fill that role of a father emotionally. So when his mom would like cry or things like that, he has he's filling this role. And so uh, that I'm kind gagging. of that bleeds <laughs> into adulthood, right? Where now his anytime his mother is feeling sad or like having an issue in her personal life, she's running to her son instead of Gross. relying on herself or better yet, relying on her partner, her husband. Right. Fuck for you have a husband. Support. Right. It's strange. It's strange. It's so um, weird. So, it's icky. Right. And so whenever he, he and I got together, um, he moved in with me. Um, I have a, a really specific like story. So when we moved in, this was like his first time living with someone. Mm-hmm. And like, I had lived with people and I'd have roommates and you know, whatever. But, um, when he moved here and we moved in together, we didn't have like furniture, furniture and things like that. So, um, his parents graciously offered to take us to get some furniture and to get some, uh, you know, a few appliances that we didn't have. And like, it was really nice. You know, they wanted to give him, mm-hmm. you know, start him outright, if that makes sense. Um, and I was super grateful and, and it was awesome. So they took us to go find a, a couch, like a living room set, basically. And so uh, me and me and Adam had talked about what we wanted and the kind of look we wanted in our, in our apartment and all this stuff. And we had an idea of that. And so I would say that look was more like, like not, not comfort look, but more like just mm-hmm. wanted it to look nice. You know what I mean? Which, yeah. Whatever. That's, that's just what we decided at the time. And that's fine. Uh, but his parents, his mother in particular was like, let's, let's get you a sectional because it's comfy. And it's like, and I just like, didn't like that. It reminded, it personally reminded me of like, like a bachelor almost or whatever mm-hmm. versus like, Hey, this like- is our apartment. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking about getting a sectional, but also part of me is like, but then does my living room look like a basement? Right, exactly. 
So, yeah. and I didn't want that vibe at the time. Nothing against it because now, Natalie, you know, I have a huge ass sectional that is the most it's comfortable, so comfortable. Couch ever. It's amazing. I love it. But at that time, that's what me and Adam had decided on, and that's what we were looking for. And the whole time, when we made it clear that his mom's choice, like what she was pointing out, like, ooh, get this, get this, every time we were like, oh, well, that's not really what, you know we were looking for she would like be passive aggressive and angry about it and like he never stood up to her he never was like hey mom i appreciate your your um opinions on this but like we are looking for something along these lines like he just never stood up to them and and i i think he had been trained to say my my opinions and wants don't Mm -hmm. matter it's my mom's wants and needs that matter so and i think Because this sounds like a lot of what happens when someone decides to help me out in my family financially. Mm -hmm. And then it's not just like, well, I'll cut you the check. It's like, no, I should have a say over the color and where you put it and how it goes. Um, And when you and like when money's involved, it always feels so icky because it's like, well, you're paying for it. But it's kind of presented as a gift, but now you want to pick it out, and it is. It's, it's so awkward icky. for sure. Yeah, and and it felt like, um, you know, they kind of use that as a tool sometimes to make him feel bad, and therefore he never said what he wanted, you know, ever. So, the, so I think that's the bigger issue in this is that he couldn't stand up to his mom about his opinions his wants his needs and how it might differ from what they wanted for him um which resulted in him not like basically having no sense of self like his whole life was making sure he did everything his mom wanted and his parents wanted um and that kind of affected our relationship because when I came into the picture I'm assuming this person has their own wants and needs and uh, opinions and then so I would ask him like oh well what do you think what are you feeling what do you want what do you need and nothing literally nothing nothing would come out because for so long he lived for his mother's needs and whatever she wanted that now when he's being faced with well what do you want he has no answer because his whole life was taking care of someone else and and being that for his mom so could you imagine us being as old and as haggard as we are today and like i can't tell you what type of ice cream i like it it, and you and that sounds dramatic but that's really he couldn't decide it was always so whenever i would ask what do you want for dinner tonight? Because, you know, I'm the one that always seemed to be making the decisions about everything. He would be mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, what do you want? It would always, like, be turned around for him to try and, like, appease me. And I'm like, I don't need you to appease me. Like, I'm okay. No. Like, I'm fine. I'm an adult. I'm an adult. And I'm, you know, it's okay for me to make some of the decisions sometimes. But I also want to take into account what, what my partner wants and, and feels and needs. Uh, but he had spent so much time being his mom's surrogate husband basically that it was he only knew how to live for someone else not for himself so it was quite sad actually because i i've had parents a parent who tries to pull bullshit like that where it's like well i'm paying for this so Mm -hmm. i get to pick it or we know that when i moved into this goddamn condo There was a lot of furniture that came from someone's house that I didn't want. And I just came home from work one day and it was all set up. And I was like, I don't remember saying yes to any of this. Right. Well, you, well, and then it's all about why they can't keep it in their house anymore and why you should feel grateful that they even brought it for you and all of it. And I don't know if it's my defiance issues. (laughs) Or if I'm just so goddamn headstrong because of that grandmother side of the family we were talking about earlier in the show, but I can't do it. And it makes, and I do, I am one of those people who's really bad and I need 100 opinions before I spend money on anything. 
But the first time that I didn't do that is when I painted the bedroom and the bathroom. I literally went to Home Depot and I just like impulse grabbed a set of um, like the first paint swatches that called to me, put them all together and went, yeah, those all look good. And I just fucking bought them. Which and is then so after great, honestly. It's yeah. such a good feeling. <laughs> and then afterwards, people are like, oh, yeah, we really, really like those color combos. Like, you should go and get them. And I was like, I already got them because I'm a <laughs> badass bitch. <laughs> Fuck you, I did it. Vernon, 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 the heating and cooling specialist. The name says it all. When you focus solely on indoor comfort for 43 years, well, you get really good at it. Get your heating or cooling system tuned by a Vernon specialist today for only $69. Vernon's 60 to 90 minutes of meticulous system inspection guarantees energy savings or the tune-up is free. Now that's a value. Go to vernonheating.com. Fuck you, I did it. This is my house. My my, right. my kitchen is magenta. My kitchen is magenta. I actually love <laughs> that color. On, a, on another note, I love that color. So It took me so long, and it honestly took me moving away from that parent to actually sit down with myself and be like, what do I believe? What do I like? Right. What's going on inside of my own head? And you would hope that with your partner... Because it's not like they were down the street. Uh, no, they, they were, were not. They were far hours away. Hours in a... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it still leaked into your every day. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it's almost like a brainwashing thing, right? You spend so long doing something, and then, you know, that's just the way your life becomes. And uh, it's... I will say, this... This guy, uh, Adam, we we broke up, and I think I that by the end of our relationship, he had developed a little bit of being of pushback of of knowing what mm-hmm. he wants and his own opinions and not letting his mother dictate that all the time. And I think um, that helped. He would shit the, talk a little bit. Uh, yeah, like he felt a little yeah. more in his element, which is like. That's good. Like that's good. That's what yeah. that's what part of I think growing up and getting away from your parents, you know, clutch hold on you. It that's that's natural, but it just took a lot longer for him. So and you and I talked about this when we decided to go on this adventure together that like our families are not going to be on board with the content we are presenting. Oh, like, oh yes, no. That definitely not. No. But it's no, not stopping us. About, it can't. Right, but it's not stopping us because you you can't do that. And like yesterday, my sister and I were doing our monthly craft day over Zoom. And we were talking about like why parents feel the need to have Instagram. Because mm-hmm. one of her friend's mothers was now commenting on every Instagram story that oh she posted. Yeah. And my sister made the point... She, she was like, well, that's why if my dad gets Instagram, he will not have access to my account. And I said, well, doubly for me, because I'm going to be posting all of our podcast talk content through my Instagram and he will not enjoy it at all. Right. And I just feel like at some point these men have never gotten to the headspace or the clarity where they realize, oh, this is what living my life for other people has cost me yes that's right because i mean that they're they're living their lives for their mothers not for themselves Mm -hmm. and that's not the way it's supposed to be i can put it into number terms it cost me six years because i was a teacher because at 18 all i knew was go to college, get a job, get married, and have a baby. And I thought, well, teaching is a pretty easy career to bow out of and have a baby during because of summer breaks and all of that. Right. It cost me six years of doing a job that, honestly, I want him back. (laughs) Right. At New Year's Eve, another man that we've talked about 
he told me, he goes, well, what you don't understand, Natalie, is I still have a lot of love and respect for my parents. And I think that's a dangerous narrative, too. I don't produce a podcast with sex positive content to make my father angry and to show him that I don't give a shit about him. I produce a sex positive relationship podcast because I care about myself and my story. Right. I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with them there. Of course, we're not saying you shouldn't respect your parents. You shouldn't be grateful for what they have given us. Of course, those are things that, uh, are that I think every child has to think about when it comes to their parents. But if, if something comes out of your mouth that they don't agree with and they start like mm-hmm. trying to control your voice and your life, that's a problem. Like they don't own your life just because they brought you into this world. They, right. uh, of course, uh, there's, I'm grateful for my mother for raising me on her own and all this stuff. Like, I'm so grateful for that, but now I'm an adult and I have to make my choices and my decisions and have my own thoughts and feelings. And uh, that that doesn't reflect anything on my parents at all. It shouldn't. Do you think it like this attitude of like mommy's little boy has to be her little helper all the time? Like, do you think it plays into, like, the man of the house stereotype or, like, you know, back in the day, like, only men could own property. So whenever you got to have a son, you hit the lottery ticket because it meant your name would live on and your property would live on and he could be king one day. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. At least with this, with Adam and his family, like, there was the thing of passing down your name, the name, all these these things that are, they're very ancient type thinkings, right? Like that you need to mm-hmm. pass on your, your genes and your name. Um, even like the firstborn they think should be named, you know, like a junior or the third or whatever, oh. like all that. And I was like, what? Like, this is crazy for someone like me. Cause I don't, I don't understand. Like, of course my culture has a lot of, uh also has things like you take your father's name as your middle name like and all this stuff but uh it's not as uh ingrained as as pushing it down your your kid's throat you know what i mean like that it's very it was very strange but i think that plays a lot into it and i feel i honestly believe that we normalize the mama's boy Because it's like, women are told, well, if he loves his mommy that much, imagine how much he'll love you. And it's like, great, I'm signing up for another relationship with bad boundaries. And like, with daddy issues, it's like, those are red flags. Like, ooh, ooh, she hurt all over, though. You want to, you want to try to undo that? Right. Or like, she sleeps with everyone because she's got daddy issues. What? Like, why is it like that? Do you see the way she dresses? Her daddy didn't love her. Right. <laughs> That's so yeah. weird. So, but with like mommy's boys, it's like they get to be like, oh, they're so responsible. They have such like great family ties. Like right. they're really family oriented. That's fucking weird. You know what? I like, I could once again never fuck another guy who's very family oriented. Give me a guy who knows the power of no and can set up boundaries between him and all the whack jobs. <laughs> I mean, it's a very codependent type behavior, right? So, yeah. like, are we saying, and I wonder, I wonder if in their minds when they chose to have children, they were like, my kids are going to take care of me. You know what I mean? Like my kids are going to be there for me and all this stuff. And I'm like, is that a reason to have a kid? Is that a real good reason to have a child? I'm not so sure. My mother and I just had this conversation because as we know, I am choosing to live a child-free life forever. And my mother is very proud of me because she thinks that it's wonderful that at 32 years old, I know myself and with enough certainty that I do not want to be a mother and that the goals that I have for my life going forward will be immensely harder if I am also trying to juggle the toxic culture that is motherhood. Mm -hmm. 
my my sister makes a joke and it's like well that's because mom decided or mom realized that she didn't want to be a mom but we were already 22 and 21 <laughs> like yeah you know she was just late she was late to that realization <laughs> and we were already grown ups but on the flip side i get a lot of who will take care of you when you're older i don't know i'll walk in traffic the the work pit like i'm not going to get to retire Right. I'm a millennial. <laughs> so no one will take care of me. Literally, no one. It's fine. I'll go into the woods. The deer will take care of me. The know. bears. It's, yeah, it's hard for me to say because obviously I am not a parent. I am not a parent. Um, and I think being a parent is a, is amazing, to be honest with you, because it's a lot of pressure on yourself and on your life and... Um, you're basically sacrificing parts of your life for this, yes. for another person, for this child. And I think that's an amazing sacrifice. But I um, also wonder if it's, uh, you know, the parents that want their kids to grow up and take care of them versus parents who want to just experience parenthood and watch their children grow and watch this this baby turn into an adult that has their own life and personality and all these things those are two very different types of parents you know and it's not always black and white like that let's you know for clarity i don't think it's like that and i will i will never unless i have a child fully understand what that looks like but um i i've seen parents who are very supportive of their kids going out into the world when they're adults and living their lives and that that seems that seems very rewarding to just watch your kids become who they're gonna become i imagine i would think but Mm -hmm. um trying to control their every move that can do some that can do a lot of damage on their psyche like um yeah and making them take care of you when they're children like that's that's a lot of pressure for a child and a lot of like the pushback I get when I boldly state that I do not want to be a mother is, oh, but I want you to be. Because if you have babies, I get to be involved with those babies. And it's like, too bad. Be involved with anyone else's babies. Right. Like, <laughs> that's a weird, that's a weird level of selfishness of, uh, hey, you have a baby. You put, raise a child, wreck your your body basically to, body. Uh, to have a child so that I can have a a grandchild to smother and and treat you know right. gifts and hold and all these things. I'm like, whoa! First of all, a lot of tre- pressure. My body has already been through COVID nineteen quarantine and <laughs> eating DoorDash three days a week. Like it can't also have a baby rip through it like it's too much (laughs) it's too too much but these poor mama's boys i do have and again we created this podcast so i could start uh practicing empathy (laughs) and instead of just like telling people well you should do it the right way and because it's the right way (laughs) yeah no but i'm sad i'm sad for them mostly As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because at the end of the day, I think we'd all be in a better place if everyone could just live whatever version of their truth is the safest and happiest for them and, of course, the collective universe. I'm not, I'm not telling the next Jeffrey Dahmer to start up. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's not actually what's going to make you the safest and happiest. <laughs> Please stop wearing other people's skins. Oh, God. Uh, but I am saying that like so much of the anger and the violence and all of it that comes from these like outbursts of just like I don't know anything about myself and you do so I'm just mad about it that's where all of my breakups stem from I don't know anything about myself and how dare you try to know things about yourself because you make me feel insecure oof it's a big oof. It's a big oof. It's a big oof. All right. Well, we gotta have some kinds of manifestations from this. So, yeah. what, do you, what do you got? So, I think when reflecting on my mama's voice, the thing that I was the most grateful about is that once again, when my family comes to come decides to come at me. It is also for is usually from a place of emotional and mental stability and not with my security and my money. I don't have to support anyone in my family. That feels pretty great. And I am grateful to at least have a family unit that is secure in themselves that way. I'm also fiercely grateful for my counselor and her ability to help me identify these behaviors because I think I grew up in a culture where it was normal for men to take care of everything, even if it meant they were grown up supporting their parents. And she helps me like be like, no, like it's weird for them to be that fiercely dependent on what their parents are feeling at that moment. Like it's not nice. It's not out of kindness and it's not what love is supposed to be. So always thankful for my boundaries. And what I hope for the men I've encountered who are engaging in this type of relationship with their mothers is that I, I just want them to find their own priorities, even if it's just starting with one, Mm -hmm. just like sit with yourself, meditate for five minutes and ask yourself at the end of the day, what is the one thing that I want above all other things? Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy for everyone to find themselves in relationships with their parents when they themselves are at a loss from what they want out of their own lives. Like parents are supposed to be your guides and teachers. So when you don't know a lot about yourself, it's easy to just kind of like mimic what they're doing or mimic what they want. But you have to take it that step further and be like, are they my most beneficial guide? Mm -hmm. Is this actually what I'm wanting out of my life? Well said. Well said. Thank you. So for me, you know, I grew up in a family and a culture where there were a lot of expectations. And even to this day, you know, I'm 28 years old, but there are still a lot of expectations uh, that my my family, my mother uh, put, on, put on me. Um, and from interacting, and I think what Adam taught me was by seeing his experience with his family was even more resolve of I cannot let others thoughts, feelings, opinions, especially those from my family dictate what I do with my life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm an adult and I'm very grateful for what my, my mom gave to me 
Um, and it wasn't easy, you know, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't easy, but, um, she did do a lot for me and I respect that. But now it's my turn to, to do what I want with my life and, and what I think is right and, and all that. So, um, I think watching him really taught me to, to be strong in that for, what I hope for him is, uh, you know, he learned a lot, I think, from, you know, even, th and these are his words, I'm not being like, oh, yeah, I taught him so much, but these are his words, he told me, he taught, he learned Own a lot. It. you're fantastic, you're a mentor. <laughs> but I don't want to sound like I'm, you. you know, I'm always right, I'm not, but like, he actually Everyone told me. write into Dina and tell her one thing <laughs> that she's taught them. <laughs> but for Be real. so brave. It's Hashtag very so brave. It's very rare to, to, after you end a relationship, to hear from someone that you learned a lot for, or that they learned a lot from the relationship. And he told me that, um, that, that he started to learn of what the things that he wanted. Um, so I hope that he uh, learns that it's okay to have your own sense of self and not be governed by your mom or your parents for your whole life. Uh, he's a very respectful person and he would never disrespect his parents like intentionally. Um, mm -hmm. and, but it's also know that being your own person and making your own decisions and having your own wants and needs isn't disrespectful to your parents. Right. Uh, being your own person is actually very, it's very important. You know, you only get one life, right? You, you, you only get one life. Are you going to live the life that your parents want you to have exactly? Let them control that. Or are you going to live the life that you want and that you think is important and, and your own journey? You know, so I hope that he continues to, to think about that as he gets older and moves through life. So, yeah. All right. We did it. We did it. We fixed all the mama's boys. <laughs> I don't know about all that. There's some deep-seated stuff, you know, when it comes to to family issues, so. Yeah. But, we yeah. at least mentioned counseling so they know that they can get some. Yeah, my gosh. And that should, that's such a big part of it is that men are taught that they're not allowed to have feelings. And they're not allowed to... to right you know, get help. If you are having Be frustrated, issues, yeah, you're not, you are so, you are human like the rest of us. It does not make you weak for getting help or talking to somebody or anything. It does not. So please find, if you need to talk to someone, find a therapist. There's nothing wrong with that ever. I think everybody should have therapy. I think it's beneficial right. for everybody. I think everyone should get a therapist at age seven. It should oh, just really? be assigned. Honestly. All right, I'll do some plugs. Well, tolerators, as always, I'm going to ask you to make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Bonus points if you then take a screenshot of this episode and post it on any and all of your social media. Why would you want to be the only tolerator out there? Start having these conversations with the people in your life. Uh, leave us a five-star review and a comment about what you're enjoying, and we can start highlighting great re reviews. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at men I've tolerated pod for each person who tags me at Natalie K124 and men I've tolerated pod on Instagram and gives us a little shout out with that screen grab I just talked about. I'll post it on my stories. Heck yeah, I will too. And if you say something witty or cool, I'll like it even more. Love that. And then, yeah. Don't forget that my new blog full of all of my crazy art projects and sometimes my tarot readings and magical rituals. I The next one I'm drafting is about my winter solstice celebration is at nablysinspiration.com. And you can always email us questions about your relationships or anything you need advice on at men I've tolerated before at gmail.com. And our DMs are always open. That's right. And you can follow me on Instagram as well if you like. My handle is at ms period caboose. 
Uh, and I'll have links to all my other social media that's public, as well as my Twitch, where sometimes I play video games. And yeah. What video game are you currently playing? What am I the playing? Most oh my up. god. So I I am, have been a fan of indie games lately. Yes. Just the the cutest stuff, man. I, I know. found this good, so good. And I found this game um there's a game a couple games. So one is called Calico, which is a very like LGBTQ plus uh, game where you build a cat cafe. Why am I playing cat games? I'm a crazy cat person, but you you build a cat cafe and you fill it and you like get animals and all this stuff. It's so cute. Ten out of ten would recommend um, if you're if you're into adorable things or you just want to play an inclusive game. You know, and it's so inclusive and I love that. And then there's also this little tiny game called uh, Cats Organized Neatly, which is just a little puzzle game where there's different shaped cats and you gotta like try and like put them in, kind of like Tetris, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also, I always play League of Legends and um, what uh, what else am I playing? I gotta think think about this for a while. Uh, League of Legends, I'm always playing. Sometimes I play Overwatch. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just really into indie games lately. I even actually, this isn't an indie game, but I started, I got an emulator and I've been playing Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask from like way back in the day, like holla loving it, reliving my childhood a little bit there, but yeah. If you play the, if you pay for the $20 a year subscription on the Nintendo Switch, it has all of the old Nintendo games. Really? Because Ooh. yes, because new know. versions versions of Zelda and Mario are too hard for my brain. I do not like them. They are hard. <laughs> but they but the original version like where you're just yeah. linked with that sword and you're just like ding 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 cut a bush. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Cut a bush. That's my speed. There's something about <laughs> old games that are... It's just so much nostalgia, too. I love it. I so. I just want to cut a bush and, like, have a wasp stain me. I don't That's know. right. That's yeah. all you want. And then, what have I been playing? So, I honestly only play the Nintendo Switch. And so, of course, Animal Crossing. I hope everyone's gearing up for Festival! Hell yeah! <laughs> Festival! And then... I played to completion Spiritfarer, which was adorable, Ooh, even though it's all about death. But it's also funny. Because all of the like characters are just sassy about the fact that they're dead and they should be moving on. Because that's the whole thing in the game. Like you're the Spiritfarer. You own this like pirate ship where you're collecting souls Ooh. and helping them complete their life's mission before you take them to the gate. The gate of like, goodbye go forever. Die forever. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so after I did that, I'm almost done with Roki, which is like a Norwegian mythology game. Ooh, I need to look up nice. the actual origins of this game. It's so scary. Oh, really? I thought it was going to be cute. Oh, it's terrifying. I love a good scary game, though. It, but it's like not supposed to be terrifying. I'm just scared of it. I'm like, oh. Damn. So... Everyone, go out there and play some games. Yeah. And then tell us, tag us on your Instagram post, not only what episode you're watching or listening to, but a game recommendation. Heck yeah. I love spending money. <laughs> I do. I sure do. Dina bought the Animal Crossing ColourPop eyeshadow. Oh my gosh, I did, guys, and it's amazing. I'll probably post <laughs> it on my Instagram at some point. And I spent all of my uh, Amazon points this week. On art supplies Love that, that I have nowhere to store. <laughs> Send me your storage solutions. Just fix our lives, please. Please get me organized. <laughs> and my sister said something beautiful yesterday during our craft time that I would love to end the episode with. Yeah. I was talking about how frustrated I get with watercolors. So I mm. thought watercolor pens would help me get a little bit of control. And she just, like, got real zen, which isn't, like, normal for my sister. And, like, she just went, like, you gotta learn how to control the water with the watercolors. But also sometimes you just gotta let the water control you. Whoa. So, everyone, take a big drink of water today. What the and fuck? let that water control you. 
That's so random. <laughs> Drink some water and let it control you. That doesn't sound like good advice, Natalie. They it is good advice because sure? think of how all better we would all feel so much better about the world if we were hydrated. We are dehydrated <laughs> bitches for sure. I'm, I am always a dehydrated bitch. <laughs> all right, guys. Everyone, just let that water control you and create some beauty today. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Good vibes only. Good vibes only. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.